0: Good morning! Can y'all hear me? That's good. (laughs) Um, I've never done this. I mean, I've preached. (laughs) I've never done this. I've never preached it uh, this many before. Um, And I really don't think it's fair that I had to follow my mom. (laughs) But that's okay. You know, God worked it out that way. Um, I just want to express some gratitude before I jump into the message of, this camp meeting, how much, um, not just this year, but every year, it means a lot to me. I mean, I remember i remember the little chime and going to kids' church, you know, and I've been here since I don't even remember. I was really little, and um, I mean, I, I considered Brother Chad and Sister Mary my youth pastors, you know, I didn't have a youth pastor at my church, and so I really looked forward to coming to this every year. It was just a wonderful blessing to get to be a part of this. I mean, I remember God used me for the first time at this church. I had just gotten saved. I was sitting in the youth section, and my friend Allie was here, and God spoke to me and told me to pray with her. I didn't want to do that. (laughs) I didn't know what I was doing. And I know I've told that testimony a few times before, but I just want to share it again because it just shows how real our God is. I remember sitting there and God speaking to me so clearly saying, ask her to pray. I didn't know what I was doing, but I I looked at her and God just kept telling me, ask her to pray, ask her to pray, ask her to pray. And I finally did it. I said, do you need me to pray with you? (laughs) Do you want me to pray? And um, she, she said yes, and we prayed. And anyway, she told me that God had been dealing with her all week. And that was enough of a testimony for me. I left from that camp meeting feeling blessed. I said, God used me. I remember putting it on the youth wall up there. I said, God used me this year. But um, I remember a year later, she came to me and said, you know, when I need to tell you something. I said, what is it? And she said, when we were in that service and God was telling me to go pray, I told God if he could get you to ask me, then I would do it. And I said, are you kidding me? this is like something you read in a book like that's that's not even something that happens to a 14 year old kid you know at camp meeting I remember this this at this camp meeting God told me I was going to be a preacher I was sitting over there and I remember God telling me that I remember the preacher that was preaching he said he said God is raising up leaders and I remember God speaking to me saying I was going to be a preacher at like the age of 15. I didn't want to be a preacher, but you know what? God has a plan, and He—I was just so scared of everybody. That's why. But God has definitely brought me to this point, and I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful. This was the first church I ever did a youth service in, so it's definitely a a moment for me. Um, and if y'all y'all would pray for me this morning, I have felt your prayers. I really have. I have felt them just just pouring over me this morning. I know God's presence is here. If y'all would, turn with me to First Timothy chapter 4. I don't know what you would title this message. I titled it, A Mockery to a Holy God. pretty scary message to preach it get me (laughs) first timothy chapter 4 verses 1 and 2 it says now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils speaking lies and hypocrisy having their conscience seared with a hot iron would y'all pray with me Dear Heavenly Father, I just come to you this morning, O God, and I just thank you, O Lord, for all of your wonderful blessings, O God. I thank you, O God, for the prayer service we had this morning, Lord. I thank you, O God, for the the precious spirit that's here this morning. O God, I thank you for the anointing, O God. I ask you to please, O Lord, just be in everything that's said. O God, I don't want my words to speak, O God, I want your words to speak. God, I just pray, oh, Lord, you'll use me, oh, God, just as the broken vessel I am. Lord, that you will speak this morning. God, that they'll hear you. Oh, God, I pray for every heart, God, that's here. God, that we can have our hearts opened, oh, Lord, to hearing what you would have. Oh, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This scripture has been coming through my mind. Ever since Brother Tony asked me to preach, I've just had it on my mind constantly, and I kind of preached a little bit about, you know, a, a, diff- a kind of a different message, but it was almost similar, it was similar, but it wasn't the same, but my mom asked me to preach before we came up here, and I couldn't get this message off my mind, so sometimes I'm just like, okay, well, I'm going to preach it, but it didn't leave me, and I was like, well, Lord, I know that this is you trying to tell me that this is the message, Um Anyway, so it says in the scripture that many are going to depart from the faith. That means that they once had something, right? They once had something. Giving heed, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. I think that many people today have listened to these convincing and tricky spirits. I mean, if we look at our world today, what does it come to? I mean, we're allowing children to mutilate their bodies. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous to me. That that there is people today who have no reverence for an almighty God. They're just doing what they want to do. Running down the road they want to run. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. They're trying to convince everyone else I'm right. I'm the one that's right. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying trying to make sure that everyone knows they're good. Right? Having their conscience seared with a hot iron, they have no care. They have no reverence for God. They have no worry for their eternal soul. And if they do, they sure don't show it. There has, there has been a total mockery to the Almighty God. And I think that we see that on a larger scale for sure. I mean, I saw a TV reporter the other day just screaming and cussing and all kinds of stuff saying, you know, I don't want your religion and I don't believe in God and I don't have to believe in God. That is a scary statement. That is what our world has come to. Where, we, where we're living in this world where people just choose who they want to be. And they're not even thinking. Their conscience has been completely seared. They have no feeling of remorse. They have no convictions anymore. We see it on a larger scale. I mean, I saw a church the other day. I, I get all these kinds of weird videos on my Facebook and it just pops up. But there was this church... And they all stood up and they started reciting the Sparkle Creed. Have y'all heard of this? Saying all together, I believe in the non-binary God. In unison. The same God that destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah is still the same God today. A lot of churches today are promoting the be-your-own-God agenda. Do what you want to do. Be who you want to be. They saw another woman rip the Bible in front of everybody. I don't think people realize that they're playing with fire. But even on a more individual scale within the church, I see a lack. A lack of reverence for the Almighty God. Many people use church as just the their social club. They they just want to go to church because of all the activities. There's no real convictions. There's a total lack of reverence for God. I know my mom once told me you can tell a lot about a person when you just hear them pray. And I was in there this morning just listening to people pray, and I was like, that person's got it. They got it. But I hear other people, I mean, I even went to college once. I went to this, uh, it was like a sorority, but it was a Christian sorority, so I thought it would be different, but it wasn't. It was a little different. But I went just one night for uh, their prayer service, where it was, a, a meeting or something. And the girl, when she went to pray, she said, Hey, God, it's me. And I sat there just shocked that I I was raised in church to say, dear heavenly father. But there's people today who just treat God like he's some genie in a bottle. There's no worship anymore. There's no true worship anymore. There's people who just are just these fakers in church, it feels. We got these people who are false prophets in their own way. Because if you're professing Jesus and you're not living the life you're supposed to live, you're a false prophet. If you're not living a holy life, let me tell you something the end is not going to be good for you. There are many pretenders today who are lying to themselves, who have deceived themselves and they care more about matching their family's clothes and the Instagram posts they post than they do about the holy God that is deserving of all reverence and honor. And yet we have people who come to church and just make a mockery of Him. They come to church and they just go through the routine, but they're not honoring God. They're not honored with their lives. They're not honoring God in anything. Their worship is not there. Do you have a concern for your soul? Or has your conscience been seared? It says in Galatians 6, 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That, that speaks volumes to me. Don't lie to yourself. Don't let anyone else lie to you. God is not mocked. He can't be tricked. But we see a lot of people today pretending. They wear the face of Christianity, but really they're not. They get they have a total irreverence for God. It doesn't matter who you have fooled. Only God knows. God knows the real truth. He knows where your soul is, and he knows. And deep down, I think you know too. I think you know too. Maybe you've fallen away from the Lord. Maybe you've you've done what you feel is right in your own heart. Maybe you've run away. Maybe you've fallen. I don't know what it is, but there's some false prophets today. And I don't want anybody in this room to be deceived. Because I feel that it is my duty as a preacher, and any every other preacher, and if you're a Christian, it's your duty to share the gospel with others. To let them know that there is a true holy God that is deserving of all praise. And he, He's not mocked. He can't be tricked. But you see, a lot of these false prophets are the people who are claiming to be Christians, but they're not living a holy life, are coming to church, they're teaching, they're preaching, they're doing all these things, trying to convince everyone else and even God sometimes that they're right. But they can't. You can't trick God. You can you might be able to fool your mom. You might be able to fool your dad. I don't know what it is. You might be able to fool your grandparents, but you can't fool God. He knows exactly where you are with him. Do you have a real, genuine relationship with the God Almighty? Can you think of a time that you were closer to him? And if you died right now, where would you go? I know you guys hear those questions all the time. Well, if I died right now, where would I go, right? And and a lot of y'all probably think, oh, that's not for me. I got right 40 years ago, right? (laughs) But I think that we need to make an evaluation of ourselves. We need to make sure that we are making the standards that God has placed because the, the standard is still holiness. It's never changed. The world has changed, but God has not. Has your relationship become a mockery to him? Does he look at you and say, I'm proud of that one? 2 Corinthians thirteen five says, Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves? How that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates? Do you know that Jesus is in you? A lot of you probably do, and I thank God for that. But I'm talking today to the ones who have made a mockery of God, who are standing in the pulpits preaching their gospel, and they're not right with the Lord. Do you know that you have Jesus, or have you fallen away? 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. So I want everyone in the room, if you think you're standing, I want you to examine yourself this morning. Look inward and say, am I reverencing the Almighty God the way I should? Because people think they're good, right? They're like, oh, I'm good, I'm good. And and they get this conscience that's seared. I was at Atlanta, Texas, and... I was sitting in church and I felt the Lord just give me this feeling. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. But it just felt completely numb. I didn't want to be there. And then God kind of spoke to me and said, that's how the youth here feel. They're just seared. They don't, they don't, have, they don't have any reverence for God. They have no conviction to do anything right. They feel numb. And I got up and I preached to those kids. I think four, three or four of them got saved that night. I was so grateful that God showed up. But let me tell you something. If you have that seared mind, you can't see the truth. If you think you're good with God, I want you to examine yourselves. Because listen, guys, God is not mocked. And I've already said that. I'll say it probably 40 more times. He cannot be tricked. You might be able to trick your parents, your grandparents, whoever, but God cannot be tricked. And you cannot rely on someone else's faith to get you to heaven. You can't do it. You can't. You can't. I, I told my kids. I have a, a, a school. I, I teach Bible class at, and uh, I told the kids. I said, if I could stand before God with you and say this one's a good one, I would. I would. I would vouch for you. I would try to get you into heaven, but I can't. You're gonna stand before God all by yourself. And if you're not the real deal, then you're not going anywhere good. Is your relationship with God a mockery to Him? Have you cut corners somewhere? Sister Tanya Orwuch preached here, and I'll never forget it. She said, don't wear your Jesus t-shirt unless you're the real deal. And I've always carried that with me because we have people today who put on the face of Christianity, but they're not. And they're leading other people to hell as well. And that's not even, that's so much worse than you going to hell, than leading someone with you saying, I'm on the right track. That's ten times worse. It's not only a mockery to God, it's an abomination. Maybe, you, maybe you've drifted from the Lord. Maybe there's, there's this distance that you have felt from God. Maybe you're not exalting Him the way you should in your life. Because I see a lot of people today who are just living their life, going through their routines. But they're not even aware of the presence of God. They're not even aware of what's happening. All these people going straight to hell. They're not even paying attention. It's time to wake up, Church. It's time for the world to wake up. We can't depend on something that happened in the past to get us into heaven. We can't say, "Well, way back when God spoke to me," or "Way back when I had a real, I, this happened to me." God spoke to me. If I relied on my testimony when I was fourteen and not my testimony today, where would I be? We have to make sure we are right today. We can't rely on our grandparents' faith. We can't rely on our mom's faith. We can't get in front of God. And when we die and say, God, my mom was a preacher. God, I taught Sunday school. He's going to say, get away from me. I don't even know you. Second Peter 2.21 says, For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness, Then after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them, there's this total irreverence to God. Where people they get right, but then it's like these spirits lead them away, right? And they don't even know how to get back. But a lot of times they just get drawn away into their own righteousness, their own way, their own thinking. But God has a better way. I think it is just a spit in the face to God. When someone knew the truth. Someone was delivered. I've seen people get delivered. And then them turn back around. I think of Lot's wife. What happened to her? That's the same God today. And there's not a holy reverence for the almighty God anymore. People just do what they want to do. Dress how they want to dress, act how they want to act. Speak words the way they want to speak. Have that attitude. I had a friend once who um he he was at the when I met him, he was a uh, I, he wasn't a Christian at all. He was an atheist. I believe he was an atheist when I met him, but he was um a song leader or something in his church where he led worship in his church, right? Or youth or whatever it was. He led worship at one point. And he saw me, and I guess it was probably because I wear skirts, and I always had people come up and ask me, be like, why do you wear a skirt? You know, what are you? (laughs) And I'd say, I'm a Christian, you know. Anyways, uh, this one guy came and asked me one day, started talking to me about God and whatnot. And he said, well, I'm an atheist. And I was like, well, why? (laughs) You know, (laughs) and he said, you know, he started talking to me about it. But he said, I just can't, Believe everything that this Bible tells me. He says, I have a problem with some of the things and the commands that your God makes. And so I just can't do it anymore. But I asked him, I said, well, have you not had an experience with Jesus that has changed your life completely where you feel like you can't even go back? And he said, oh, I had a relationship with God. I did. I had that. I prayed to God. I had a relationship with God. That's what he told me. And now he's an atheist. If if y'all tell me the devil ain't real, y'all are a lie. Because the devil is real. And he is coming to the church and he's snatching them away one by one. He's taking people, he's searing their minds, he's making them total unbelievers. But really I think it's just because they don't want the guilt that comes along with the belief in God. They don't want the conviction that's there. So instead they just Make a mockery of God. They go to church, pretend, make fun, you know, pretend, do the motions, do whatever I have to do, Raise my hand, make sure everybody's looking, right? Oh, I'm raising my hand. That's a mockery to God. For you to say something that you have when you don't have it no more, you left it. It is a spit in the face to God. Hebrews 6, 6 says, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put Him to an open shame. I hear a lot of people, well, I'm, try- I'm trying to do right. I'm-, I'm trying to get back on the right path. Y'all hear that? I hear that all the time. Oh, I'm trying to do right. But if they really knew, if they, if they got to see Sodom and Gomorrah get destroyed, I bet they'd be running to an altar. But instead, they they fall away and they try to renew themselves to repentance again again and again and again and again and again. But every time they do that, they sacrifice Jesus afresh to an open shame. I don't know about you, but I don't want Jesus ashamed of me. I don't want him looking at me and saying, I don't want that one anywhere preaching for me relying on repentance is not freedom from sin it is freedom from sin you can repent but if you rely on just the foundation being laid over and over and over again there is no holiness there it says that it brings him to an open shame he's openly ashamed of you i mean i have family members that i'm probably a little ashamed of not gonna lie (laughs) and if i'm in the room with them i'm I'm like, ooh, don't really, don't really want to be at the restaurant with that person right now. But I wouldn't want Jesus sitting next to me ashamed to have me next to him. But many aren't even slightly ashamed of their sin. Their, their iniquities before God. They're not even slightly bothered by the thought that they're dangling above an eternal hell. Instead, they lie to themselves, but you can't lie to God. He knows the truth. I think of Ananias and Sapphira. It was one story that kept coming to my mind. Ananias and Sapphira, if y'all know the story, I'll tell you it for just a second. But anyways, Ananias and Sapphira, they were ones in the book of Acts that went and sold a property and said that they were going to give all the money to Peter, to the, to the mission, right? They get the money. They don't give all the money, though. They get together and decide, well, we're going to lie to Peter. We're going to lie to him, and we're just going to give him part of the money. But when they do that, Peter says something. He says, you didn't lie to man, but you lied to God. You lied to the Holy Spirit. And then Ananias fell over dead and died, and Sapphira comes in, and three hours later, and they ask Sapphira, you know, is this all the money? And she lied too. And he says, you agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord? There's people all around today who are tempting the Spirit of the Lord. Who are lying to God? Who are making a mockery of him. Pretending they have something they don't. I think of Hofna and Phineas. They were they were doing the church. They were doing the things of God until they decided to do what they wanted to do. Carried away with their own lusts, And then God killed them. They they died. I don't think people today realize how scary it is to be before an almighty God on judgment day if you're not right. Are we taking these stories to heart? Are we applying them to our lives? Are we reverencing God the way we should? Because if we're not, I don't know about you, but I don't want to stand before God and Him tell me you didn't reverence me the way you should have. There is an unconcern that has just been, the spirit of unconcern has been draped over the church. They're not even worried anymore. And they're just mindlessly walking to hell. A lot of them aren't even thinking, they don't even know, they're deceived. Just to think you can trick God is absolutely insane. You can't trick God. I see today in, in the book of Acts, is one of my favorite books, I love the book of Acts, but I remember they called them Christians. Does anyone know why? Because they acted like Christ. And I see a lot of Christians today are not even Christians. I think we should just start calling them believers. Because even the demons believe. I mean, believing is not going to get you into heaven. I can believe all I want, but if I'm not living a life holy and acceptable to God, where will I be? And how much greater will my fall be if I lead others to hell with me? There's so many people who are just serving God leftovers, giving Him a half-asleep prayer at the end of the day. Not even thinking about the almighty God. They just say, hey God, it's me. And they just pray real quick as they're falling asleep. They're not getting in the word like they need to. They're not having a communion with God. Instead, they just give him the crumbs off their plate. Would you serve crumbs to a king? Absolutely not. But instead, we see people today who are given a half-hearted holiness with seared minds. It's not even holiness at that point. But he is a holy God and a half-hearted devotion is mockery to him. It's absolutely disgusting to God. It says in Revelation 3.16, if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. I don't know about you, but a lot of times I just try to take it. If something tastes bad, I just swallow it. But if it tastes really bad, I'll spit it out. He says he will spew you out of his mouth. He doesn't want anything to do with that disgust and half-heartedness. He doesn't want it. It is a mockery unto him. It says in Isaiah 64, 6, But we are all as an unclean thing. All of our, un- all of our righteousness are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. If you think you're right with God and you're giving him a half heart. Well, I'll go to church on Sunday morning, but I can't go on Sunday night because of this. And and you're just giving him a little bit. You're just giving him a little bit. That is filthy rags to God. It is disgusting to him. He is deserving of so much more, church. He has done so much for us. Where is the reverence? Have your iniquities carried you away to where you can't even see anymore? It says is in Isaiah chapter 1, and I'm going to read a little bit here. If y'all want to turn with me, you can. It's Isaiah 1 10 through 15. And when I read this, it just made me, it, made, it almost makes you want to cry. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? saith the Lord. I am full of burnt offerings of rams and of the fat fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. And when ye come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread in my courts? Bring no more vain oblations, incenses, an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with it. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hateth. They are trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them, and when ye spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when ye make many prayers, I will not hear you. Your hands are full of blood. He hated the sacrifices they were bringing. He wasn't pleased with it. They weren't given a real sacrifice because there was no real change. There was no real reverence in their hearts for God. They were just doing a mockery, making a show, but there was no real change. There was no real reverence. No real concern for their souls. I think of the rich young ruler. He came and and he had a concern. Mom preached on this the other day and it stuck in my mind. He had a concern. He said, how can I get to heaven? And Jesus said, go sell all you have and give it to the poor and follow me. And it says that he walked away sad because he had many things. He had a concern, but his concern was not great enough. His concern was not great enough to make a change. To make a sacrifice that was worthy to God. Your sacrifices are disgusting to me, is what God is saying here. Have we reverenced the God the way we should? Have we given him the place in our heart that's number one? We need to get back to the place of true repentance. We need to get back to the place of true sacrifice. I remember Brother uh, Harold Kelly preached one year. I'll never forget it. He said people used to get down on these altars and pray until their nose was dripping. Till they prayed through and they knew they had it fixed. But instead today we have people saying, Lord, please just forgive me of my sins. And they go to bed and they do it over and over again. We need to get back to the place where we pray and we experience something real in that altar. We experience a holy God coming down into our presence and making it personal to us. There is a real God. There is a real God and he really loves you. He loves you so much. In Romans 1.21 it says, Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. I don't know about you guys, but I see that as a direct reference to the church today. I'm not talking about, y'all, I'm talking about the church. Right? They knew God. they didn't even acknowledge him as God they didn't give him the reverence and the respect that he deserved instead they became vain in their own imaginations and they were darkened, they were led away but there is a real God who has a real calling upon your life and he wants you to experience something real because listen guys, God is real There is no doubt in my body that God is not. God is real. He is so real. And I want him to show up real to all of you today. Because if God is not God in your life, if you knew God but you didn't acknowledge him as God, where will you be? If you feel conviction right now, praise God that you haven't seared him off completely. Thank the Lord, but a lot of times people don't want to feel that conviction. That's why they make up their own rules. That's why they make up their own things. They say, well, I'm going to be my own God. They did the, they steer their mind off completely because they don't want to feel bad. Let me tell you something. Praise God when I feel bad. Because that lets me know the Holy Spirit is leading me. He is trying to tell me to get somewhere I'm not. He's trying to lead me closer to the Lord. It says in the Bible, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. And some people might think, oh, I've messed up too much. Or I've I've just gone too far and I can't get back. Let me tell you something, that's the devil. Because I know in the Bible it says he can give me a new heart. He can take away that heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. He can make my whole life new. And whenever you guys sang in the choir a few weeks back, I was listening, and y'all said, Jesus changed everything. I felt the Spirit of God through my phone. He changed everything. And He can do that today. Maybe you haven't reverenced Him the way you should have. Maybe you've given Him your leftovers. Maybe you've fallen away completely. But let me tell you something, my God is a Redeemer. And he can still save today just as he did thousands of years ago. Don't miss the opportunity right now that you have. Because I was reading the uh, sinners in the hands of an angry God. I'm sure a lot of you have read that. I don't know. That will just bring you to tears. But he said people are just dangling like a spider on a web over a hell's fire. And they don't even care. They have a complete unconcern for that. They're not trying to draw closer to God. They're not trying to do anything. They're complacent and they're happy with it. But it says in the Bible in Jeremiah if you're not going forward, you're going backwards. If we're not climbing to a reverent God, what are we doing? We're falling to the pits of hell. That's what we'll do. If we're not climbing, we're falling. Don't miss the opportunity you have because people who are in hell right now are wishing that they can have the opportunity you have right now. The opportunity to reverence God as who he is. Reverence him as the almighty God. I had a friend in uh, college and I still talk to her sometimes, but she randomly told me one day, you know, Lana, I'm going to hell. And we were just walking on the sidewalk. I wasn't prepared for that. That morning I had prayed, God, please give me an opportunity today to witness to somebody. I prayed that. So I asked for it. But anyway, so I was walking. <laughs> and she said, "I'm going to hell." I said, "Oh my goodness. Don't what? Why are you saying that?" And she said, "I just can't give up this lifestyle that I'm living. I just can't give it up. And I'm going to hell." She had made her bed. She was okay with it. And I said, "If you, the, the sooner you get it right, the sooner you'll feel better. I promise. And she just went on in, into her house sad. How many people today, they want God, but they don't really want to give him a sacrifice that's worthy. They want God, but they don't reverence him as God. They don't see him as the almighty God that they're going to face in eternity. I don't know about you, but I don't want to face God and him. Tell me you messed up. You led people astray. You didn't reverence me. You were a mockery to me. Is your life a mockery to the almighty God? Have you given him all of yourself? Is there something you're holding back? Have you become complacent in where you are? Have you let the spirits, seducing spirits, lead you astray? I don't know why God gave me this message, but man, it's not an easy one to preach your first time can camp meeting. But let me tell you something: there's a real God. A real God right now in our midst. And if we don't reverence him as holy, we're not we're not gonna make it. We're not gonna have anything good. Our life has to be a living sacrifice for God. Holy and acceptable. Is yours holy and acceptable? Or has it become a mockery unto him? I don't know where you're at, but I know God he it says in the Bible that Jesus left the ninety nine for one. And I know messages like this are hard because you're like, well, I messed up. I'm a mockery. (laughs) And you don't know what to do. But it says that there's greater joy in heaven for one soul. And maybe you've been led astray. Maybe you've lied to yourself and said, oh, it's okay if I do this. It's all right. God will forgive me, blah, blah. And, and And you get into this mindset of repetitive repentance when God calls us to holiness. You didn't mess up too, too much for God to get you clean. I can tell you that right now. God loves us so much that he sent his only son to die. And he can make your slate clean right now. We can reverence God as holy right now and not serve him our leftovers anymore. He needs to take the first place in our hearts. Not the second or third. We need to be reverenced him all the time. We need to be a living witness to others, not just a believer, but a Christian. I don't know where you are right now in in your relationship with God. I have no idea why God gave me this message. But I do know it was for someone here. It might have been for all of us.
1: We need to reverence God a little bit
0: more. We need to look at God as the holy and almighty God that he is. He is deserving of our praise, church. And if we put him down a few notches, that is a mockery to him. It is a mockery unto God. I'm going to ask the song leader to come. But if you would, examine yourself right now. Say, where am I at with God? Have I made him holy in my life? Have I made him the thing that I want to bow to? I I mean, I know people who get on the floor and lay on the floor to pray to God. But people today aren't even doing that. They don't even want to get on their knees. Oh, my knees hurt. Worship's not part of my personality. thats I've heard all kinds of stuff. But God is holy. And he is deserving of our, our reverence to him. Praise God.